What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Donnie Joseph, and today we are recapping the NBA action from Friday, October 21st, 2022. There were a bunch of games last night. Some of the best games included the Warriors and Nuggets game, which was the final game. That game went down to the wire. Trailblazers and Suns as well. Jazz and Timberwolves, surprisingly. Celtics, Heat as well. All these games and more. Great matchups all around. Saw some potential playoff matchups. Two teams that really want to play against each other, whether it be for drama, like with Jazz and Timberwolves. Not necessarily drama, but of course, Rudy Gobert's former team, versus the team that he's on now. Toronto versus Brooklyn. That's a matchup that potentially can be seen in the playoffs. And overall, just really good basketball once again. These teams are ready for this season to get underway. Everybody has championship aspirations, although some may be more realistic than others. At the end of the day, man, we're here. We're live. NBA season full swing right now. I'm going to break down all the games that took place on Friday right now. Stay tuned. Without any further ado, let's get started with the Bulls versus the Wizards. This game came down to the wire. It was a close one. You all understand that the Chicago Bulls, when they have a guy like DeMar DeRozan, he's going to make sure the, the Bulls are in every game possible. It's only just because his exploits. We all know that he's an all-star, all-NBA type of guy. Probably be an MVP conversation once more as the season starts getting going. But this game... It came down to the wire, man. The Wizards were successful, victorious in their home opener, winning 102 to 100 against the Bulls. This Wizards team, man, they have some dudes that can score. Defensively, that's always going to be the concern, especially when you have a guy like Bradley Beal, who offensively, he's as talented as anybody in the league. He only finished the game with 19 points, but. He's a dude that he can get hot quickly. He can go for 30, 40, 50 whenever he needs to in a game. And that's the scary part about this Washington Wizards squad. Kyle Kuzma as well, 26 points on the evening, A of 16, 4 of 8. This might be the year where he kind of takes that next step. We all thought back on the Lakers that was going to be his team moving forward. Obviously, this was before all the trades happened to get Anthony Davis, but he was... He was supposed to be that next dude next to LeBron, Lonzo, Lonzo Ball, when they first got to, um, what's his name? When they first got to, when he got first got to the Lakers. Now, he's in a role where he can be the legitimate second or third option. Right now, looking to be a second option behind Beal. Porzingis is the potential third option, or maybe second, depending on how he plays. He ended the game with 14 points, 6 of 13 from the field, 2 for 5. Overall, solid one for the Wizards. It came down to the final shot. A Bradley Beal go-ahead shot, a bank shot at that to win the game. That was a great game. 
by all accounts, the Wizards 2-0 and on the season. The Bulls are 1-1. One and one. Of course, season just getting started. Still no Zach Levine for the Chicago Bulls. He will be back shortly with his injury. One thing that I'm concerned about is Patrick Williams. Not necessarily concerned, but I'm, I'm watching him closely. I was in the mindset that he would take a leap this season if his production matched what I thought it could be. The Bulls would be a serious threat in the East because he he's a defender, versatile defender. But more so, if he could ever get develop an offensive game, I always think of someone like a Kawhi Leonard who came into the league defensively and then worked on his craft, worked on the game, and became a top offensive player as well. Definitely a top two-way player. I feel like Patrick Williams has the exact same potential. Back when he was at, <clears throat> back when he was at Florida State, he was a Swiss Army Knife type of dude. He could score, but not at the highest rate. Some of the other people at the collegiate level. But what he could do was defend, and he could pass, and he could rebound. That's what the Bulls drafted him for. There would be that type of Swiss Army 3-4 tweener type of dude who can guard the player's best, other team's best player, and then he can get his own offense. So far, offense is not a strong suit, but he has a long time to develop. Next game, Pelicans versus Hornets. This game was in Charlotte, but it didn't seem like the Pelicans, man. They are on a roll. They understand that this year is a big year for them in terms of the expectations that a lot of people have, including myself. This team has so much talent. This team has young guys that know how to play their role which is something that's hard to do in the NBA, finding young guys that really understand their role. They're not trying to go outside of their role. The egos aren't really a thing on this team, really. Everybody wants to win, and that's a beautiful thing, especially with a team that has so many young guys. A veteran-laden team, too, with players like C.J. McCollum. Jonas Valanciunas had the team-high 30 points, 30-17, and 17, four assists. Monster night for him, shooting 8 for 11 from the field, 13-14 to 14 from the line. Brandon Ingram also chipped in 28 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Well-rounded game for Brandon Ingram, trying to make an all-star appearance this year. No doubt about it, especially with the way the Pelicans are looking right now. Him and Zion, who finished with a pedestrian 16 points by his standards, 16-5. Those two can both be all-stars in this Western Conference that is so stacked already in that front court. Also, C.J. McCollum, 21 points. Only two assists, six rebounds, though. He's that point guard that's a common presence on the team. Veteran dude, all-star caliber talent. And when your top four guys each have 15-plus, three of them having over 20, that's hard to stop, man. Offensively, this team is great. They have defenders like Herb Jones and dude like Najee Marshall who can defend as well. Larry Nance Jr., Swiss Army Knight type of dude. Of course, Jose Alvarado. <laughs> they, they have a lot of talent on this team. And they can finish as high as third in the West, I'd like to say, if everything shakes out right. Because offensively, they're talented. Defensively, they got some dudes, too. It's all about who's going to step up with that veteran leadership. T.J. McCollum seems to be that guy. You only found Tunis as well. But it's going to be a team effort, collaborative effort for this team to go as far as they can. And who knows, maybe... We have Zion in the MVP conversation. I wouldn't be shocked. 
both of them being Brandon Ingram and Zion will be all stars if this team performs the way they're supposed to. On the Hornet side, Sonno Lamelo Ball. He's out for the foreseeable future. So it's up to the veterans and Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, who both had 20-plus points last night, to pick up the slack. Once Lamelo comes back, I think this team will be a lot better. The pace will be a lot better. The scoring will be a lot better. But until then, they'll have to hold down the fort with the guys that they have currently. Next game up, San Antonio Spurs takes on the Indiana Pacers. This was a pretty Spursy type of game. <laughs> and that that's an that's an verb now, Spursy adjective. It's with the Spurs, they had a very well-rounded game. Keldon Johnson, twenty-three points. Potal, Jakob Potal had twenty-one points. Tyus Jones, oh Trey Jones, even not Tyus Jones, Trey Jones, eighteen points. Devin Vassell, twenty-three. And Josh Richardson, a vet off the bench, 27 points. A very well-rounded effort. The Spurs, even though they don't have the stars of the past, the Hall of Fame talent of the past, they still are able to scrape through and get some wins. Of course, defensively, they're not the same team that they once were. But they still have that offensive ball movement, the same philosophy that's been going strong for over two decades at this point with the Greg Popovich iterations of the San Antonio Spurs. Ball movement still at a premium. I understand to get the ball to the hot hand. They're a team that, when they're playing, man, you can never count them out. People like myself thought they were just going to tank this season, but I'm not sure if Greg Popovich really knows how to tank. If he loses, it's not because they're trying to lose, okay? Lack of talent, things of that nature. But the ultimate play of this game was actually Josh Richardson off the bench. He had a key stop against Pacers rookie Benedict Matherin on the last side of the game to potentially tie the game, turn it to overtime. He forced the air ball by Matherin. That was a key defensive play to end what was a great night for Richardson. 8 for 13, 6 of 8. I'm curious to see if this season for Richardson will be sort of like a resurgence here. We, we all understand that he's a, a 3 and D type of dude. For sure, a veteran. He could go on a winning team right away and just be that guy, you know. He could be that 3 and D guy. He could start for you. He's been on a numerous amount of teams in the last few years. But this time, he looks like he's in a good place, especially if the Spurs inside get a turnaround, whether it be getting Victor or Minyama, turn their franchise fortunes around. He could be a mainstay for the San Antonio team. On the Pacers side, 26 points for the rookie, Benedict Matherin. 8 of 15, 3 of 6, 7 of 8. Shooting very efficiently. Very efficiently, no matter where you look. Those 26 points, man, I'm telling you, he's a, he's a true scorer. He can fill it up. That's going to be his role. Tyrese Halliburton, 27 points, 12 assists, 9 of 18 from the field, 8 of 8 from the free throw line. This backcourt, man, is going to be legit. In a few years, Indiana has something nice they're building. And honestly, I think it makes the Buddy Hield and uh, Buddy Hield Miles Turner trade to the Lakers seem even more plausible. Although getting Russ into this, I think that would kind of hurt Tyrese, at least his stats potentially. But Buddy Hield at that shooting guard spot 
small forward spot, depending on where you play him. I mean, man, Matherin can slip right into there as a starter, and he should be starting. He's that talented of a scorer. Definitely should be starting, but Spurs ultimately took the win. Next game up on the docket, Nets versus Raptors. This game was sort of a, a, a bounce-back game for the Brooklyn Nets, who lost to the Pelicans on opening night. Kevin Durant had a three-pointer with 56 seconds left to break a tie, and from that point on, the Nets never looked back, ultimately winning the game 109-105. to 105. You have to understand, this Brooklyn Nets team is loaded offensively. It's going to be tough to stop them at times. If your defense isn't, even if your defense is good, that's just the caliber of talent that these players bring to the table. 27 for Durant, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Typical Kevin Durant night by Los Angeles. Kyrie Irving came back from a poor shooting night night before, 30.7 assists. This is more of a traditional Kyrie Irving stat line. He's going to continue to play like this, excel. I don't believe Stephen A's pick of MVP prior to the season started being Kyrie Irving. But all-star, I'm sure. All-NBA, maybe third team, sure. They could do that. This Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons in the second game with the with the team. Six points, eight assists, ten rebounds, two blocks. That's more we expect. I feel like NBA fans maybe get the points up a little bit more, but eight assists, ten rebounds, two blocks. Take that all day, every day. My defensive player of the year pick. Showing that he can still get it done on the defensive end. We're not talking about offense. I'm talking about, talking about defense. For the Raptors, Pascal Siakam had a huge night. 37 points, 11 assists, 12 rebounds, triple-double, 15-21 and 21 from the field. Reminding people that he's the star in this league. Just because he's up north and the Raptors aren't the sexiest team, he's reminding people he's still a star. He's an all-star caliber player. And they got some dudes on the squad that could really score, really play multiple positions, very switchable defensively. This Toronto team is going to be a threat in the playoffs no matter who they face. It'll be a tough matchup. Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year, 7-14 for 17 points, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 assists, 1 block. Fill the stat sheet up. Brad Van Vliet, 18 points, 7-11 shooting. Gary Trent, 14 points. OG Ananobi, 15-10. Very well-rounded Toronto Raptors team, very well coached by Nick Nurse. They can easily end up with the four, five, six seed, one of those spots. No play-in game. I don't think they'll drop that low to the play-in. Four, five, six is their range. And, man, they could win a playoff series. They're that deep, that talented. They could easily win a playoff series. Next game up, Boston Celtics versus the Miami Heat. Boston going into Miami. They were able to beat them 111 to 104. This game highlighted just how special the the Boston Celtics duo, forward duo, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, combined for 57 points. They're on a mission. I'm telling you now, they're going to the finals. They're going to win the finals. They're on a mission, beating the Miami Heat team, who almost knocked them out in the playoffs, showing that that wasn't a fluke, even though some people might say that because Jimmy Butler was one shot away from beating them and sending the Heat to the finals to face the Warriors. But no, 29 from Tatum, 28 from Brown. Highly efficient game. Tatum, again, looks like a man amongst boys out there getting whatever he wants on the offensive end. 
Derek White chipped in 10 points. Grant Williams also chipped in 10. For the Heat side, you know, they're still going to be a threat in the East. They're probably going to be in that Toronto range of a team that, you know, on any given night, they could definitely beat you in playoff series. They can they can win a playoff series or two. I'm not going to count the Heat out at all. As we've seen over the last three years, they're always right there in that mix. They're always right there in that, in that semifinals, Eastern Conference final, even finals back in 2020. They're a team that is well-coached, very disciplined. They have multiple guys that can switch, guard different positions. Overall, just a great team. Heat culture is a real thing, highlighted by Adonis Haslam. Veteran presence, all the things that you can ask for in a, in a championship-level team. The Miami Heat have. So another team that could be in the 4-5-6 range, win a playoff series, Miami Heat. But unfortunately, they were unsuccessful in their game against the Celtics. Next up, the New York Knicks took on the Detroit Pistons in the Knicks' home opener. And they were able to get the victory, man. Um, Well-rounded game for the Knicks. They had six players in double digits. Randall, Brunson, Barrett, Obi Toppin, Derrick Rose, and Emmanuel Quickly. Quickly having the team high at 20 points. Very well-rounded game for the Knicks. I think that with Jalen Brunson in the fold, definitely brings a new dynamic. He's not a star or superstar type of player. But he's great at his role. In moments, he could be a star player. As we saw in the Dallas Mavericks first-round series last year, he was able to score at a high rate with Luka out. So when he has the ball, he can be an offensive initiator. He can be that offensive creator that the Knicks are looking for at the point guard position. It'll be up to Randall and Barrett and all the other guys to hit shots, create off the dribble. Because Brunson is going to be a steady presence. I can easily see him averaging 18 points five, six, seven assists, something along those lines. And he'll be great for the Knicks and hopefully a mainstay at that point guard position that's had so much turmoil since the early 2010s. For Detroit, Sadiq Bey ended the game with 26 points, team high on that perspective. Um, Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Lamar for only 32 points. That'll change. They can easily average 50 points combined. They're that talented at the guard position. Backcourt Detroit looking bright as always. Future in Detroit is looking pretty bright with all the guys they have. It's just a matter of learning how to win, getting that winning culture in there. But once they do, they'll be perfectly fine. Next game up, Atlanta Hawks versus the Orlando Magic. Atlanta won this game by a pretty healthy margin, 108 to 98. Another home victory for the Atlanta Hawks. For the Hawks, their big three combined for a total of 68 points. Trey Young leading the way with 25 points, 25-13. Murray chipped in with 20 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds, triple-double nearly. Four steals as well. And then John Collins, 23-13. This team is loaded in the star category. And even their bench man and the supplementary pieces, Clint Capella, um, probably one of the better big men in terms of screen setting and getting to the basket. DeAndre Hunter, who could have a breakout year this year as a 3ND guy. And off the bench, you have guys like Lenyaka Kong Wu, Justin Holiday, Jalen Johnson, Aaron Holiday, AJ Griffin, who will eventually get minutes. Jarek, um, yeah, Jarek Holver as well. Lots of dudes on this team. Lots of guys that I could see in the playoff series. Atlanta, four to six, maybe even higher. 
depending on how everything shakes out. I'm just you have to wait to see it with certain guys. We all understand the Hawks made it to the conference finals a few years back. But ultimately, there's so many dogs in the Eastern Conference, so many superstars in the conference. Particularly, I'm thinking of Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and Jason Tatum. Those three teams will be above. They'll be the top three teams most likely in the East, unless something happens. But with Atlanta, they're right there. They're right there, especially with the new backcourt. Star-studded backcourt. Maybe one of the best starting fives in the league from top to bottom. We look at Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, John Collins. Each can give you 20, some nice 30, triple-double on DeJounte Murray's part. Then you have Hunter and Capella. That's a legitimate starting five. I would like to see who could match up. Only a very few select teams would have a better starting five than the Atlanta Hawks this year. Over to the Magic side, nothing too much of note. 20 points, 12 rebounds for the number one pick, Paolo Bancaro. Cole Anthony, who didn't play in their first game, 25 points on 8 of 12 shooting. I'm wondering if he'll end up getting a starting spot at some point. Jalen Suggs had a subpar game last night. Three points, three steals. Nothing too crazy on his end, but we all understand that he has potential for sure to be a star caliber guard in the sleep. Cole Anthony does too, so very backed up backcourt in Orlando, but that's a good problem to have. Next game up is the Jazz versus the Timberwolves. Jazz ultimately came up with the victory, a big victory, 132 to 126. It was a crucial game for this Jazz team who seemingly isn't trying to tank right away. You would think that just because all the guys that they traded away with Mitchell and Gobert, this was their rebuild year. Let's go. Got a top pick in the draft, the top pick in the draft, and rebuild through that way. But Utah rallied in overtime to defeat a superior team. That's what it came down to. 12 points to 6 points by the Wolves. Rudy Gobert on the Wolves side of things is going up against his former team. He had 23 rebounds, a monstrous performance on the boards. What you all understand, he's capable, of, he's capable of on any given night. Anthony Edwards chipped in 30 points, Towns 27, Russell 23. His team, another one of those teams, man, who are loaded. Starting lineup, one of the better ones in the league. As I mentioned with the Hawks, this one, Towns, Russell, Gobert, Edwards. Daniel McDaniels as well. Like that's a, that's a very tough lineup to beat. Over on the winning side, Utah Jazz. Um, Jordan Clarkson, twenty nine points in the starting role. Twenty four points for Lowry Markkinen, ten of twenty three shooting. Kelly Olynyk, twenty one points, eight of fourteen. This team is a very interesting team from the standpoint that although they don't have like the star player, they have some veteran guys who. I'm not sure if they're fully committed to tanking it because this could be a, whether it be a contract year or just a year for them to really prove their value in the league for if they get traded at some point to help the Utah Jazz get that top pick, maybe multiple top picks. Look at a guy like Mike Conley. He's a dude that's a veteran who can go right to a championship team, come off the bench, and be a star in that role. Jordan Clarkson. Six-man-of-the-year contender always dropped 30 in a starting role. Maybe that's something that some teams take an, take an interest to, right? A guy like Larry Markkinen, 
over from the Chicago Bulls initially. He was supposed to be the next Porzingis type dude. Hasn't panned out that way. But 24 points, 13 rebounds on the night, 5 assists, showing that he's versatile. He can do a little bit of everything. And for Kelly Olenek, we all understand that he's a guy that's a shooter. He ended the game 5 or 6 from 3-point range for 21 points. Four steals, only some defensive savviness as well. I mean, these guys are auditioning for future roles. And so far, they're starring in it. Next game up on the slate, the Houston Rockets took on the Memphis Grizzlies in Houston. In Houston, we have a problem when we see John Moran dropping 49 points on you. 49 points by John Moran, 17 of 26 from the field, 5 of 6 from three-point range, 10 of 13 from the free throw line, 8 assists to along with almost a 50-piece chicken dinner. I mean, you can't ask more from that, more of that from John Morant. MVP candidate, top three MVP candidate as far as I'm concerned, along with Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum this year. Man, this was a game to watch, a game to see. Just constantly in attack mode for John Morant, the leader of this Memphis Grizzlies squad. Conchar also chipped in 17 points, who's in the starting lineup now for Dylan Brooks. It'll be great to see once he's on the bench and he can sort of thrive on that bench unit. He's still going to get a bunch of shots. Brandon Clark, subpar performance, four points. Um, LaRavia, 12 points. Jones, 11 points. But the star of the show was John Morant. On the Houston side of things, Jalen Green tried to go at John Morant a few times, matchup-wise. 33 points for Jalen Green, 13 of 21, 4 or 5 from three-point range. He's a guy that can get hot quickly, score in bunches. We all understand how great of a talent he is. If this team gets some more depth, more veteran presence overall, just time to, to grow, time to grow, time to get their young guys to develop. This team could be scary. This team could be scary. A game that was scary, <laughs> going down to the wire for both teams. Nobody knew who was going to win. Portland Trailblazers versus the Phoenix Suns. In Portland, the Trailblazers were able to get the victory, an overtime victory against the Suns, who just came off a pretty good game against the Mavericks. Damian Lillard versus Devin Booker. That's the headline. That's the story. Two-star guards in the Western Conference. Lillard, who kind of had a not terrible performance the night before, but showing that, okay, is he back? Do, do we know if Damian Lillard is going to be the same dude that he was before the surgery, before the injuries that he had? And he was like, all right, let me show you something. 41 points. 41 points for Dame Dollar. Showing that he's still here. He's still ready to go. Devin Booker went up against him. 33 points, 11-23. But ultimately, it came down to an Anthony Simons shot, hook shot of all shots to break that tie late and to ultimately win the game. I think Simons definitely has a future with this team. He can be the CJ McCollum to Dame's Dame. <laughs> Nurkic shifts in 20 points, 17 boards. Nurkic sneakily is like one of the best like double double guys in the league like every night it seems like he's gonna get like 20 20 and 14 20 and 15 every night he's just hit below that another double double guy who didn't have double double last night but 26 points for deandre eight and six rebounds chris paul chipped in 10 and 12 this seems depth 
is something that might need to be addressed in terms of at least a scoring punch. They have dudes like Tory Craig, Jasakogi, um, Bismack Biombo, Campaign. These guys are good vets, but a scoring punch is lacking on that bench unit. And for a team that has championship aspirations still, that's something that's going to have to be addressed. Two teams that also have championship aspirations in the final game of the night was the Denver Nuggets versus the Golden State Warriors. This game came out to the wire. Um, Golden State almost made the comeback. Like, it was that close with Denver Nuggets, man. They were trying to stay alive. They were fighting to stay alive. One play in particular almost swung the entire game. It did swing the game, but in the way that the Warriors did not want it to. It was an inbound where Bones Highland, he had caught the ball on the inbound. And then I believe it was Poole. No, it was Draymond and Wiggins who were trapping. And then they also forced Aaron Pass going back under the basket where Jordan Poole picked it off, able to lay the ball in. And right as that happened, Nikola Jokic, who was inbound the ball initially, he went back to inbound the ball off that layup by Jordan Poole through the ball, the length of the court, where a wide open Bruce Brown was under the basket for a layup. That ultimately sealed the deal, although Steph Curry made some big shots down the stretch. Steph ended up with 34 points, 10 of 22, 5 of 11 from 3, 9 of 9 from the free throw line. Klay Thompson also had a big 3 late in the 4th. He had 16 on the night. Draymond had a pretty good stat line by all accounts, 13-9 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks to uh, throwback Draymond Green game. Wiggins 23 points, 8 of 17. Telling you right now, Wiggins is one of the best role players in the league. A star in his role, no doubt about that. Wiseman chipped in 11 points off the bench. And then on the winning side, the Denver Nuggets, Jokic 26, 10, and 12. Missed a triple double. 77 triple doubles for him in his career. One of the best dudes at doing that simply because he's the orchestrator for this Denver Nuggets team. No Jamal Murray for this game, but they were still able to pull out the victory. Contavious Caldwell Pope had some big shots down the stretch for 17. Michael Porter Jr. also had 17. Bruce Brown had 20. 8 of 10, 3 of 4 from three point range. That improved three point shot is something that very much is going to help this Denver Nuggets team. So he's not just in the paint all the time, he can hit the spot up open threes, which will be very wide open, especially when Jamal Murray's in there. He's going to get some great looks. And now that he has the ability to knock them down, sky's the limit for him. Bones Highland, too, had that turnover that could have cost the Nuggets 14 points on the night. This Denver team is a team that can easily be the number one seed this year just because all the talent they have. They have to get Jamal Murray back in the fold a little bit more with his star power. He can average 20-5. and five. Michael Porter Jr. as well. He in the game with 17. He can be a 20-point per game scorer. Jokic, we know he's a two-time MVP for a reason. The team is legitimate. The team is legit. They can score. Defensively, they can also lock people down at some points. They're going to do a better job overall. But, yeah, this Denver Nuggets team scary. We all understand the Warriors are the champions. They're not going anywhere. They can also be the number one seed for all we know. But the West is stacked. The East is stacked. The NBA in general is stacked as ever, talent-wise. This both conferences go eight deep in NBA to legitimately like what 
10, maybe even more teams that can legitimately contend for the NBA title. It's a great time to be an NBA fan in 2022-2023 season. But, you know, my picks, Boston Celtics winning it all. But that's just me. Anybody can win it. And that's what's so great about the NBA this year. The league is wide open for a new champion, new MVP. Can't beat that. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Make sure you guys like, rate, share. You guys know what to do. Trying to get everybody to tune into our podcast. We get it out to more people. That's the ultimate goal, man. Just constant growth with this podcast. NBA season tipping off. Keeping going. Keep going as much as we can. Uh, tomorrow's games, some b- pretty big matchups. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies against the Mavericks. That's going to be a game. The potential Eastern Conference final, not Eastern Conference final, Eastern Conference playoff games. The Toronto Raptors, Miami Heat, Bulls, Cleveland. There's some good games here on the docket. The Celtics play, although they play the Magic, but Celtics playing again. Seeing the Eastern Conference finals team coming out to play. Man, some good matchups coming up. But thank you guys so much for watching. Until next time, take care. Mm-hmm.